Welcome, I'm Prudence Robertson and this is EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. Transforming our culture. We look ahead to the midterm elections with Dr. Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation, who shares the meaning behind his idea of radical incrementalism and what advice he has for candidates running for office in November. Pro-life gains in Washington could mean more opportunity to restore our nation's pro-family culture. Prioritizing the unborn. A Republican candidate running in Florida State House District 40 shares his plans to advocate for mother and child and expand economic and educational opportunities for his neighbors. Nate Robertson sits down with us in the Sunshine State and says he will work for the good of his community from the State House in Tallahassee. Having a child it doesn't need to end all of those dreams and we want to make sure that that they know that hey you could still choose life for your child on the front lines we take you inside a pro-life pregnancy clinic across the street from the university of florida in gainesville their mission to help mothers in need the client services director tells us why it is important to meet each mother where she's at and pro-life students who attend the university just next door share why they advocate for the unborn both on and off campus We're just 11 days out from Election Day, and Republicans expect to take back the House of Representatives and potentially even the Senate. Pro-life and pro-family members in the House and Senate hope that the next Congress will halt the extreme anti-family bills that we've seen introduced over the past two years. These include, but are not limited to, codifying Roe, eliminating traditional marriage, and other proposals that could also severely undermine the role that parents play in their child's education and upbringing. Joining me now is Dr. Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation. Dr. Roberts, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Prudence, for having me. Of course. I want to start just briefly by mentioning your background in education. You know, you are the founder of a K-12 school in Louisiana. You're the former president of Wyoming Catholic College, both very strong educational institutions. You know, as our world becomes more polarized, particularly in the United States, just how important is our students' education? It's everything. I mean, obviously now I'm in the policy world, and, and sometimes members of Congress, members of the Senate are a little surprised, although pleasantly, when I say, guys and gals, the work that you're doing is really important and we're grateful, but we all know that upstream of that are our K-12 schools, our institutions of higher learning. The two institutions that I led are really important, not because I led them, but because of one thing. They're completely enamored with the truth. And so the entire curriculum at each of those places, Wyoming Catholic and John Paul the Great Academy, is oriented around instilling in those young people a love for the truth. You and I both know in the business that we're in, Prudence, that we need a little more of the truth. That's right. Could not agree more. And let's talk about our youngest children, the unborn. I recently heard you speak at the March for Life theme reveal at Heritage, and you mentioned that you're calling for radical incrementalism on the issue of abortion in the upcoming Congress. What does that look like to you? Well, you and I and probably your entire audience, I can say that because my family is part of the audience, <laughs> are purists, right? We, we look forward to the day, and it may be a while, when no abortions happen in the United States. And I believe with every fiber of my being that's going to happen. And it's going to happen because of heroism and good policy decisions. But speaking of policy, to the point of your question, 
That's not going to happen in a year. Mm. And in fact, we know even on the political right in the United States, there are differences of opinion about how we go about that. Right. So I came up with this phrase a few years ago, radical incrementalism, for those of us who are purists, to remind ourselves that we can always work towards the ideal, in this case, not a single abortion happening in this country, and yet take the progress that we can. So come January, when we're likely to have a conservative pro-life majority, at least in the House, mm -hmm. let's go get the bill done that we can, and let's keep Keep building toward that over the next few years. Very good. And I know that you recently, I'm sure, heard in a speech by President Biden, he's calling for the codification of Roe versus Wade in the next Congress, despite the fact we're expecting a lot of Republican wins. But what do you make of his comments? Well, they're eerie. And, and I, I say this, praying for him every day, just as a, a fellow human, yes. that he has a reconversion to his faith which, of course, is all about the truth. But what I make of it politically is that the lame duck session in December is going to require all hands on deck. And I can tell you, Prudence, that at the Heritage Foundation, we are prepared to spend a lot of resources on that very short session in December, because the president and his party have at the top of their agenda codifying abortion on demand and disallowing states from even making a law about abortion. We have to be ready for that fight. So the election is just one step. We've got to be prepared to go charge some hills on behalf of the unborn come December. Yes. And speaking of the elections, which are just around the corner, I want to get your thoughts on some of the candidates. What can they be doing right Right now to prove to the movement that they're up to the task. I'd encourage them to, to talk about radical incrementalism. That's where the electorate is. The American people are willing to hear out people who are pro-life, even pro-life without exception. But the second thing is they're also looking for sympathy. They're looking for sympathy for the mother of the unborn. I think increasingly we need to talk about fathers. That's a, that's a crisis generally of yes. fatherlessness in this country. But ultimately, all Americans need sympathy right now because we live under a regime, and I use that word purposefully, that is taking away our right to self-governance, that is not just taxing us, but using the taxation regime to dramatically reorder our relationship with the government. And so for the candidates who are looking very promising, I would encourage them to stick to their principles, to be cheerful warriors, and very importantly, when they come to the swamp, don't become of the swamp and remember that they are being sent here on behalf of the everyday American. Mm, good advice. And we're so grateful for your leadership at the helm of the Heritage Foundation. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Kevin Roberts. Thanks so much. Politics on a local level are what either make or break real American communities. If you want to live in an area that prioritizes resources to help new moms and families, you must vote to support the pro-life cause. In Florida's 40th district, Nate Robertson is running to represent Floridians in the state house. He's also the vice president of Sidewalk Advocates for Life, and this group has now successfully shut down 30 abortion facilities across the country. Their most recent shutdown was in Miami, Florida. Though this is becoming increasingly rare, Robertson claims that he has a lot of support from both Democrats and Republicans. He says it's due to the fact that even most Democrats oppose the position of his opponent, who wants abortion on demand, up to birth, and infanticide. All right, we are here with Nate Robertson. He is the vice president of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Thank you so much for joining me, Nate. Thanks so much. It's such an honor to be with you. Yeah, great to be here. So talk to me about what's going on with Sidewalk Advocates for Life. I heard you just closed down your 30th clinic in this state. 
We actually did. So breaking news is that we just are now able to announce officially that the 30th abortion facility that we had sidewalk advocates outside of offering loving, life-affirming solutions to pregnancy needs has now closed. And it was in the Miami area. It is closed for good. And again, it reveals how Planned Parenthood, though they continue to have a large market share of abortion, is consolidating their facilities into more of this mega facility idea and, and, and then even considering going mobile. Mm. Well, that's very exciting. Congratulations on that closure. And talk to me about what's going on nationwide with Sidewalk Advocates for Life. I know your conference is coming up, and we recently spoke with you guys in Charlotte where you closed down a clinic there. So talk to me about your national footprint. Absolutely. So how incredible it is that we did meet in Charlotte as we were doing the closing celebration for that facility. And now here we are with number 30 that is just closed. So our national footprint has grown to over 200 locations in almost all of the states across America, especially the states that have um, very liberal abortion access. We also have some international locations. So what we are doing is we are training, equipping, and supporting people all over America who feel called to go to the darkest places in their community, their local abortion facility, and their abortion referral facility. And that's really important right now, too. In a post-Dobbs era, right, a post-Roe era now that right. Dobbs has been handed down, we want to make sure that people know that they are needed at abortion referral facilities in states like Texas and others where abortion has been greatly restricted because women are still experiencing crisis and unplanned pregnancies even if abortion is not readily available to them. And we need people to be there, to be able to interact with them, to give them loving, life-affirming solutions before they make a decision to travel sometimes hundreds or maybe even more than a thousand miles to go to an abortion facility. So we are continuing to grow in that way as we are resourcing people on the ground at abortion facilities as well as abortion referral facilities. Mm. Well, we at Pro-Life Weekly just love your mission. You guys are on the front lines and it's so great. Um, separate from your official role as vice president at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, you are running for state representative here in Florida. That's correct, right? That's right. Yes. So, so yeah. talk to me about your campaign and how it's been going. Yeah, it's really been going really well. So I am a candidate for State Representative District 40, which is for parts of Orange County near Orlando. And the campaign has been going really well. We have been really focusing on the needs of our community, which include education, small businesses, you know, personal freedom, and even the justice system. And it also incorporate, incorporates the whole idea of being a pro-life society. Yes. And talk to me about how you're focusing on education and, and how important educating our children is. Absolutely. You know, education is really the foundation of all of us, right? And the desire of parents to be involved in education should be encouraged, not stifled. Mm -hmm. What we have seen across the country has been that there have been states and school boards that have tried to limit parental access to what's happening in the classroom and who have tried to inter, you know, um, bring into the classroom these ideas of really wild you know, teaching that parents are not comfortable with. So what I am trying to do in this campaign is really focus on education and making sure that it is clear that parents are always the chief educator of their child. And how are we making sure that parents are empowered to make the decisions that they need to make so that their child is getting the best education they can get? Mm -hmm. And that is really around making sure that school choice is available for more and more parents. We know that when there is the option 
for parents to not just have to choose from a public system, but also choose from a charter or private system, that parents feel more empowered to make sure that their student has the best education available to them. Right. Very important issue for our families. And one final question, Nate. I understand there are a lot of Democrats in your district. When you talk to them about the issue of abortion, what is their response to your view versus your opponent's view? Absolutely. What I continue to hear from Democrats in my district is that though abortion has been seen as a necessary evil at times, mm -hmm. they're not really in favor of the idea of abortion. And abortion to birth is definitely not something that people really want to hear. What I am hearing so much from candidates across Florida that are on the liberal side is this idea of that there should be abortion without restriction. That is not something that even our Democrat communities have typically been in favor of. Mm. They, they understand in, in their thinking that abortion may be okay in some reasons or at some links into pregnancy, but they are not typically okay with this idea of abortion till birth. And now we're hearing in some states the idea of abortion even till after birth. So what I am hearing continually is that, especially in the African-American communities, though they have accepted abortion in some instances, mm. they are not in favor of abortion till birth. And that really is on the ballot this year across Florida and across the nation. Not just the idea of abortion access, but the idea of abortion access until birth. And we must stand up and stand united together and say, no, we will not allow that to happen. Right. It's the greatest human rights battle of our day. I know you right. know that very well. Well, we'll continue to follow your race. And thanks for all the work that you do with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, Nate Robertson. Thanks so much, Prudence. Mm -hmm. In Florida, there are also two very important statewide races coming up on November 8th. Incumbent Governor Ron DeSantis faces Democrat Charlie Crist. Senator Marco Rubio faces Congresswoman Val Demings as he defends his Senate seat. Catholic News Agency, Fox News, and even the Associated Press are seeding that Florida may no longer be considered a pivotal swing state this year. Governor DeSantis has been broadly praised for his response to the coronavirus pandemic and, more recently, his ability to quickly provide aid to Southwest Floridians in the wake of Hurricane Ian. Polling in Florida has found support for DeSantis, even in traditionally blue counties. For example, polls from the consulting firm Public Communications Group, based in South Florida, and others are saying that DeSantis is almost sure to win in Miami-Dade County, which has been a Democratic stronghold for the past two decades. And joining me now to talk about this more is Marilyn Musgrave, former Congresswoman and Vice President of Government Affairs at Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. Marilyn, thanks for joining me today. Great to be with you. We have to be careful about making too many assumptions about polls, mm -hmm. but Republicans in Florida seem to be feel, feeling pretty confident right now. So talk to me about how much the issue of abortion has impacted what's going on in that state. Well, things are looking very good and it's encouraging. And we have two candidates uh, for governor and for Senate that are doing a wonderful job talking about life talking about being pro-life and pointing out the extremism of the other two candidates. Right. And and Marilyn, how much do you think Governor DeSantis's recent leadership, particularly on the life issue, is helping his campaign? Well, I think it is shoring it up with a base. And it's very amazing when people go door to door and point out the extremism of Charlie Crist. Uh, people are appalled. Uh, 
they they can't imagine anyone being that extreme on this issue. And we know that Charlie Crist uh, was a co-sponsor and voted for the so-called Women's Health Protection Act. If there was ever any bill misnamed, that was the one. Uh, the Women's Health Protection Act would be better called Abortion Up to the Moment of Birth Act. Charlie Crist has a 100% voting record with Planned Parenthood, with NARAL. He is very pro-abortion, and Governor DeSantis is doing a great job of pointing that out. And, you know, one of the beautiful moments in the debate for me was when Ron DeSantis said, we're all better when everyone counts. And, you know, when you think of that uh, in our society, when everyone is valued, whether they're unborn, whether they're infirm, whether they're elderly, when they're valued, we're all better. I love that line. Yeah, really beautiful. And Senator Rubio faces Val Demings as he works to defend his Senate seat. Could you speak to Congresswoman Demings' record on abortion? And, and was there anything from their debate that stuck out to you in particular? Well, first of all, Senator Rubio is very comfortable in his skin talking about being pro-life. He's 100% pro-life. And he just goes after it. And again, we have a congresswoman here who co-sponsored the Abortion on Demand Up to the Moment of Birth Act. You know, they talk about how it would uh, codify Roe. No, no, go much further than Roe v. Wade. And she co-sponsored that legislation. And she, too, has a 100% voting record with Planned Parenthood and NARAL. She's very pro-abortion. And, you know, in the debate, uh, both Charlie Crist and Val Demings tried to act like they weren't that extreme on the issue. But both Governor DeSantis and Senator Mark Rubio pointed out very clearly how extreme these two people are on the life issue. Mm. We have about 90 seconds left. Marilyn, talk to me about SBA Pro-Life America's footprint in the state of Florida specifically. What are your canvassers hearing from voters in the final days of the campaign? Well, first of all, we've already reached 550,000 voters. And, you know, Prudence, one of the things I like best is the stories that our canvassers tell. They talk about meeting Maria, who at 15 was pressured to have an abortion. Mm -hmm but she defended her baby, had him at 20 weeks, and now he's an adult. She and her husband will always vote pro-life. And another encouraging thing to me was when one of our canvassers talked to a voter named Charlie. He thought he was pro-abortion, but when he started hearing how extreme the other side is, abortion on demand up to the moment of birth, paid for by your tax dollars, he decided he was pro-life oh. and would vote that way. Praise God. These are fantastic stories, and it's so important to hear them. They're really encouraging. Thank you for sharing them. Marilyn Musgrave of SBA Pro-Life America, and thanks, as always, for joining us. Good to be with you. And on a bittersweet note, SBA Pro-Life America's Mallory Carroll has stepped down from her role as Vice President of Communications. After 14 years, Mallory is embarking on a new journey, motherhood. She recently told the National Catholic Register, I'll be able to tell this child that mom worked really hard to fight to protect other babies and their moms from a great stain on our nation, and that he or she has friends and peers that they might not have known otherwise. Mallory, thank you for your endless dedication to the babies. The whole team at EWTN wishes you all the best in this exciting new chapter. 
Coming up, in a recent discussion with an abortionist, President Joe Biden says he will veto any pro-life bill passed by Congress, and the U.S. bishops have weighed in on his extremist views. I speak out. Those of us in this ministry who are helping women, who are actually doing something to provide choices for women, they're, they're attacking us. Plus, pro-life advocates on the front lines tell us women need real solutions, not abortions. We take you inside a pro-life pregnancy center in Gainesville, Florida, next. Welcome back to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. President Biden welcomed an abortion activist and self-proclaimed OBGYN to the White House last week as he continues with his plans to expand abortion. That is this week's Speak Out segment. At a recent and rare forum hosted at the White House by Now This News, President Biden welcomed Danielle Matheson, an abortionist in Texas, to ask him some questions. Here's part of her exchange with the president. Pregnancy itself can be a very dangerous and life-threatening condition, and there are countless ways a pregnant person can experience these. But in a state like where I'm from, doctors are often asked to wait for their legal counsel to allow them to perform life-saving abortions, even in the case of medical emergency, stripping that decision away from the medical professionals and putting it into the hand of lawyers. Last time I checked, pregnancy wasn't life-threatening, it's life-giving. And there's no such thing as a life-saving abortion because every abortion kills at least one life, directly attacking the child in the womb. Tragically, the president ensured Matheson that he is continuing in his attempts to get Roe v. Wade codified into law despite its overturn. In a quote this week, the U.S. Bishop's pro-life chairman, Archbishop William Lorry, said the president is gravely wrong in his promotion of abortion and that his single-minded extremism must end. Matheson was upset and surprised that her school's OBGYN program didn't offer lessons on killing babies. But this is no surprise to us because killing a baby is totally the opposite of what OBGYNs are entrusted to do. Abortion directly contradicts every doctor's Hippocratic oath to, quote, do no harm. This confused abortionist should stop lying to people, claiming that ending an innocent life is health care. What's more, our second Catholic president should stop enabling her to do so. This week, we take you inside community pregnancy clinics in Gainesville, Florida, where staff members say they are doing their best each day to save lives. Community pregnancy clinics has seven locations throughout the state. We spent some time at the Gainesville Center recently to learn about the services they provide for new moms and babies. This center has a particularly unique mission as it is situated right on the campus of the University of Florida. It's well known that the abortion industry regularly targets young college women and even wants to make chemical abortion pills available on campuses throughout the United States. Having a child it doesn't need to end all of those dreams. And we want to make sure that, that they know that, hey, you could still choose life for your child and, and still accomplish you know, all of those goals that you have for your future. Pam Stenzel is the Client Services Director for Community Pregnancy Clinics, an organization which helps mothers choose life by providing free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds, and even free counseling. Yes, we're, we want to save babies and help moms, but, but we are really concerned about changing culture. 
we make sure that they know, you know, you know, if you take a minute and take a step back and take a deep breath and have someone come in with you that would be supportive of you or that you would want to see this process with you, um, you have time to do that with no options being off the table. PG Schaefer is a registered nurse who works at the Gainesville Center. She has been serving families at pro-life clinics for 10 years now and says it's the most rewarding job she has ever had, especially when she sees the change in a mother's face. I saw this panicked, upset young woman go from deer in headlights to a smile on her face. I mean, I literally watched her transform. And one student studying to be a nurse at the university says it is often difficult to bring pro-life views into the medical field. It's a difficult situation to bring your, your faith-based um, political ideologies into the healthcare system sometimes. Some people have a view that it's some human right to have an abortion, that it's health care. With the re reversal of Roe v. Wade, I think it's more important than ever to talk about these issues, especially the supportive services that we provide in the pro-life movement. Katie Yarbrough is the president of Students for Life at the University of Florida. In her daily life, she is actively advocating for the unborn and says she is thankful for the pro-life resources offered to students on campus. They say they, we don't support women at all and we only care about babies before they're born. So I think that having these pregnancy centers in Gainesville is a way to show we do care about mothers and we care about the babies after they're born and we want to be there to support them and provide them with the care that they need. A lot of the time people think this is just a women's issue mm -hmm. and they completely disregard the man. And um, it's important for not only men of faith but men in general to like step up and take responsibility. We'll be praying for community pregnancy clinics and all other pro-life resource centers across the nation. Centers like these should inspire all of us to reach out to the new moms in our life who need help and assurance. That does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Until next time, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on social media at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. You can also send us a message by emailing ProLifeWeekly at EWTN.com. We love to hear from you. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless.